Do you have a tricky work problem that you need to solve? I have a great podcast recommendation for you featuring a pair of expert women. Whether you're just starting your career or a seasoned professional, check out Fixable, a podcast from TED. Hosted by Harvard professor Frances Fry and her wife, leadership coach Ann Morris, the brilliant duo provide honest, actionable advice to help you navigate everything from a gaslighting manager to returning to work after parental leave. They'll leave you feeling empowered and ready to act. Listen to Fixable wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, and welcome to the Bossed Up Podcast, episode 223. I'm your host, Emily Aries, the founder and CEO of Bossed Up. And if you are interested in really cultivating the leadership skills that we need now more than ever, I want to invite you to join me for my upcoming free online training for crisis leadership called How to Care for Your People So They'll Care for You. I honestly believe that in these uncertain times, strong, calm leadership is more important than ever. So if you want to learn about the practice of calm, confident leadership and how you can create psychological safety for your team when stress is high to inspire a culture of focus and calm, join me right now by registering for free at bossedup.org slash crisis leadership. All right. Today, we're talking about what emotional intelligence really is and why leaders need it now more than ever. Leaders who inspire teams, both during hard times and boom times, do so not only by what they say and do, but by how they make other people feel. That's why the field of leadership development has pivoted in the past quarter century to focus a lot more on feelings and human emotion. So this term that gets thrown around a lot when talking about the skills needed for modern day leadership is emotional intelligence. But what does emotional intelligence actually mean? Well, it's defined as the capacity to be aware of, control, and express one's emotions and to handle interpersonal relationships judiciously and empathetically. So how can you begin cultivating this skill in your everyday practice of leadership Here are three core ways to cultivate emotional intelligence starting right now. First, practice self and social awareness. How do you feel right now? Take a moment and really think about it. And I'm not just talking about what Brene Brown calls the kind of go-to emotional triad of mad, sad, and glad. I'm talking about the more complex emotions behind those kind of superficial feelings might be occupying your mind space right now. So when you're mad, are you actually disappointed, frustrated, annoyed? Are you hurt? You know, your ability to recognize and identify your root emotions, that skill doesn't come easily for all of us. We live in a world where men especially, I'd say boys and men especially, are conditioned their entire lives to suppress their emotions and interpret them as a sign of weakness, especially negative emotions like feeling hurt or frustrated. But the very first step to cultivating emotional intelligence is to practice the art of identifying your feelings. Use your words is something we say often to toddlers and children struggling to express themselves. But it's too rarely said to our adult contemporaries who need to be challenged to express themselves appropriately as well. 
And when we can identify our current mood, we can acknowledge how those emotions might be affecting us elsewhere. Dr. Mark Brackett, the author of Permission to Feel and the founding director of the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence, shared recently on an incredible interview he gave on Brene Brown's podcast, Unlocking Us, which I'll link to in today's show notes, that we humans are notoriously bad at acknowledging how our emotions affect our judgments. He cited original research he conducted on professors who graded students' papers after being primed to think about a particularly happy or bad time in their lives. Those professors who were asked to think about a very bad day they recently had, on average, gave much lower grades. And the opposite was true for the other professors who'd been primed to think of a recent wonderful day. But across the board, the professors almost unanimously responded that they did not believe their emotional state influenced how they graded. We need to practice identifying our feelings and acknowledge how they may seep into our lives and work elsewhere. All right, tip number two, pause before you speak. Great leaders can cultivate emotional intelligence with this simple yet extremely difficult practice of pausing before you speak up. President Barack Obama was notorious for doing this as a law professor. He would listen intently to everyone in the room, make their case before he would pause, lean back in his chair deep in thought, and then render his judgment. It was a leadership practice he brought with him into the White House as well. Author Simon Sinek has a great bit about this concept, just a one minute, 30 second speech I'll link to as well, in which he says, you will be told your whole life that you need to learn to listen. I would say that you need to learn to be the last to speak. I find this extremely difficult myself, to be honest, because so many of us leaders come to meetings and say, hey, here's the problem we're facing. Here's what I think we should do about it. What do you think? And by that point, it is too late. The sheer nature of the power dynamic in teams is such that there's unspoken pressure to just agree with the solution that was just put forth. There's actually something in the research called bandwagon bias that plagues all of our teams. It's that inherent pressure to just go along with whatever's being suggested to get on the bandwagon. All of us as social beings experience this bias, which makes dissent and sharing a dissenting opinion really difficult. So the absolute best thing we can do as leaders to help fully unlock the creative potential of our teams is to pause, listen, and then speak. It's something I'm working on, and I think it can really be a great way to increase emotional intelligence in our leadership practice overall. Tip number three is to lead with empathy. Leading with empathy means starting with a genuine curiosity for and consideration of other people's feelings. Just like you begin to recognize your own emotions and how they may impact your work and life, it's important to give the same grace to members of your team. One way we try to practice this is by starting our morning meetings with a check-in on everyone's emotional state before we get down to business. So if I learn that one of my team members was up all night with a screaming newborn or just got stressful news about a family member or is celebrating an exciting personal milestone with their partner, it can help inform how we set expectations and support one another throughout the rest of the day. Create a safe space to talk about feelings, good, bad, and ugly. 
and you'll inherently communicate that your team's emotional state matters to you. And this also means we have to cease the well-intentioned practice of silver lining things or only and always talking about the good. Some have called this militant positivity. (laughs) Now, I'm an optimist, but I'm also a realist. We have to acknowledge difficulty, uncertainty, and fear, especially now during these unprecedented times. I think that's partly why so many folks find comfort in the briefings that are coming from Dr. Anthony Fauci and Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York these days. They're acknowledging our fear. They're acknowledging uncertainty and even the pain that we're all going through right now. By doing so, they're validating our concerns and our frustrations over the COVID-19 health crisis and all that we're losing from it and all that we're experiencing in it. It feels good to have our own negative emotions deemed appropriate and understandable. Now, this doesn't mean you shouldn't share next steps or an action plan or positive news about how you're moving forward, but simply acknowledging the struggle, pain, and fear that your team members may be experiencing is a way of showing them that you know how they feel and that you're right there with them, feeling with them. That's what leading with empathy during tough times looks like, and it is so important for building and maintaining trust. Bottom line, Emotional intelligence makes for better leaders. In that episode of Brene Brown's podcast with Dr. Mark Brackett, they underscored how being an empathic leader isn't simply a nice-to-have trait. It's a business imperative. As Dr. Brackett said, quote, people felt inspiration 50% more when they were in an organization with a leader with high emotional intelligence. Their frustration levels were 30 to 40% less. Their intentions to leave the profession were significantly lower. Their burnout was lower. So many variables are related to the person who's in charge having the skills to manage people and manage their emotions, end quote. Now, if you'd like to learn more about how to lead with care, empathy, and emotional intelligence, Join my upcoming free online crisis leadership training on how to care for your people so they'll care for you. Head to today's show notes at bossedup.org slash episode 223 to get all the details and register to join me now. And if you found today's episode helpful, share it with the people in your world who you know could use it. In the meantime, keep bossing in pursuit of your purpose and together we'll lift as we climb.